Well, listening to my last two guests, both talking about the harm it's doing to their businesses, these border blockades, one of the big questions again is how can so few people, even with good intentions uh, or not good intentions, doesn't matter, put a chokehold on the arteries of one of the most powerful trade border, cross-border trade relationships in the world? And why isn't more being done about it? Why, or why it wasn't pre- it preventable to begin with? I mean, these are important places Um, I understand the geography, but nonetheless. Well, joining me now is Kelly Sundberg. He's an associate professor of economics, justice, and policy studies at Mount Royal University in Calgary and a former Canada Border Services Agency officer. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, you've been a longtime observer of border issues, border security issues. What do you make of what's unfolding now? Well, on an economic side... This is costing Canadian business um, a lot. The, you know, we, we, our largest trading partner is the United States. When we see the borders um, at Coots and the really big borders uh, at um, Ambassador Bridge and, and elsewhere across Canada, when, these, when traffic is impeded, uh, it has a significant impact on our, our economy. We're talking millions if not tens of millions of dollars a day per crossing um when we add this up these protests are having a very significant economic impact uh on canada and if the goal of these protests is to support canadian small business or big business for that matter uh support workers this is not the way to to get a message across by stifling our economic growth, especially at this really critical juncture in our uh, recovery from the pandemic. If our borders are critical infrastructure, and we all remember 9-11, we all remember all the things that have happened since. If our borders are critical infrastructure, how can so few people stop them? How can so few people bring cross-border trade to a halt? And where does the fault lie? Well, I think when we you know there's there's a lot of complication in in coots we see uh uh, locals uh so we we see local farmers we see local truckers that uh, are very engaged in this so there's there's a lot of uh there's there's social considerations there's uh public safety and security considerations and in many regards this was quite a surprise, and you're right, a relatively small number of, of people, although if you look at the border crossing, we're talking dozens, if not, you know, several dozen uh, vehicles and protesters that are blocking the border. Nevertheless, um, these are, and borders are remote, ports of entry typically are remote, so there isn't really many places that uh, the police can muster their their uh their resources to address these matters they have to bring portable uh portable facilities and command centers and that sort of thing which the mounties have done and i i I think that they're uh they're doing the best they can considering what resources and the situation at hand nevertheless um this clearly shows that something has to be done who is responsible i would suggest ultimately it falls to the um, federal government, this is impeding trans trans border movement, but it also falls uh, to the the provinces. Those those roadways, those highways that that drive to the border, those are the responsibility of the respective ministers of transportation. Um, 
And you're right, borders are critical infrastructure owned by the federal government. So again, when we think, who do we point the finger at? I think we have to point the finger at a few places. I in, my, in my mind and in, in, in my experience and in my study of borders, the first and foremost, it would fall to the, the federal government. Then it would be to the provincial government. And I would suggest that the, the federal government should be providing the resources, the logistics, and the support to, to help the provincial governments ensure open, uh, open roadways to and from the border inspection points, the ports of entry. Um, there has to be enforcement action. We can't allow our borders, our international trade to be um, hijacked, to be co-opted by a small group of disenfranchised or angry individuals uh, doesn't matter what their political beliefs are or what spot side of the spectrum, any extremist, be it from the left or the right, who impedes transnational movement of people and goods has to be addressed and has to be done swiftly. It is exhausting to watch the political back and forth and the tongue-tied politicians trying to point the finger at one another or blaming it on the police or suggesting that they wanna leave the police alone. Uh, no, that, that, I don't buy that. I, we've seen other protests, we've seen other disruptions such as uh, um, indigenous Canadians exerting their rights and protesting with regards to uh, rail uh, or, or other movement across um, their lands. We see this within uh, uh, with other groups where um, we protests emerge, um, but now for for we're going on to weeks where our economy is being held hostage, and this is an erosion of our democratic processes. It's time for the federal government, in coordination with the respective provincial governments, to deploy the required resources and open up these roadways so that we can have a, a return to commerce and trade that we desperately need. Kelly Sunberg, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much, Ben.